0: Welcome back to another episode of Off Mic with Ivory. This is the podcast where we get to have um, honest, open, transparent conversation. The conversations you want to have, uh, but you can't have on your platform, Mike. We do it here off mic with me. I am your host, Ivory McDonald. Um, and I'm so glad that you are with us again, listening, watching. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to those who have been rocking with me since day one, season one. Listen, we are in season two. Season two. Season two, and I'm so excited about it. Um, But for everyone that has liked, clicked, shared, subscribed, commented, all the things, I appreciate you. I love y'all so much. And for those of you who are new, who are joining um, this conversation, this podcast, welcome. We're a little cray-cray over here. We're a little <laughs> crazy, but we're going to have fun. So, I am super excited about the conversation that we are getting ready to have. Absolutely. Um I want to introduce my guest. My guest, uh he is a husband, he's a father, he's a speaker, preacher all over um the country, all over the all over the world. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um <laughs> Some <it'll> work. Okay. <laughs> He's a marriage coach. He Uh, is the co-founder with his lovely wife, Irene, um, of a marriage ministry called Two Equals One, um, they have a podcast called Two Because One Podcast. Um, he's also a key strategic partner for several in influential churches and parachurch organizations, which is how I actually yeah. met Pastor Jimmy. Um, because my church, the church that I currently attend, he is uh, one of the par- he is the partner of um, this church. He's been in ministry for twenty five plus years, and he just recently authored his first book. love outside outside the lines the lines released january 23 you want to get this book you want to get this book i'm really excited we're going to get into this um but first pastor jimmy thank you so much for being here
1: absolutely it is my honor my pleasure to be here i'm excited uh, to stir it up a little bit. Yes. Right? Talk S- about stuff. stir up
0: the pot. <laughs> you
2: always gotta have something in the house that will feed you in a see nothing season. And exactly what she said is all I got is a little bit of oil. Achoo. I don't have talent, I got oil. I don't have hope, but I got oil. I may not have joy, but I got oil. I may not have peace, but I got oil. I may not have five million dollars, but I got oil. I may not have a vision, but I got oil. I may not preach the best sermon, but I got oil. I can't spell, but I got oil. I can't read, but I got oil. I can't dot all my eyes and call my marriage is a little jacked up where are you but I got a little bit of oil I got more months than I got money but I got oil I don't have dreams right now but thank God I know how to hold on to the altar and shut myself up in a prayer closet and get a little bit of oil
0: Um. I know you You just recently, you told me that you did um, kind of like step down from the pastoral uh-huh. role. But um, my very traditional apostolic upbringing yeah. will not allow me to call you anything else <laughs> other than pastor. Gotcha. So, Pastor Jimmy, all good. Um, I'm really excited. So I want to, first of all... I, I want to talk a little bit... The way I want to start this, there's so many things I wanted to talk to you about. Honestly, I've been wanting to talk to you for like a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to get you on season one, um, but you had just released your book yeah. and you were super busy. Here. I saw you on Good Morning America yeah, that was um, cool. and some other, some other places, but um, it's just God's timing, yeah, right? So... There are a bunch of things I wanted to talk to you about, but I think I've narrowed it down to a few, but I feel like this podcast could easily be like two hours long right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for it. Um, but I did, I want to talk a little bit about your journey of how you came onto or how you started your platform ministry. Wow! Um, I know that you are a preacher, but you're also a worship leader. <laughs> and I think I heard that from somebody, yeah. but I experienced it. <laughs> Every time you come and you speak at my church, Uh you always, like, lead your own mini worship time. Yeah. And it blesses me so much because it takes me back to where I'm from. Yeah. But can you, like, because this is, um, we focus mostly on, like, worship, Mm -hmm. but if you could just, like, give us some background on how you started your platform ministry. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, uh. I'm honored, excited
1: uh, to have this conversation, to be a part of uh, helping move this podcast forward uh, yeah. in reaching uh, you know, people that it needs to reach, mm-hmm. and um, and so, but yeah, we start talking about platform ministry or just ministry, and and you know, I grew up; my parents were in ministry. Yeah, uh, my mom traveled uh, uh, with a group called Word and Song, and. And she was the the song part of it before yeah. my parents pastored, and uh, pastor uh, was the word. And then my dad was a warden at the Maryland State Penitentiary, mm. um, built prisons for Maryland, and uh, he retired from that and started pastoring. Uh, my parents pastored a church um, in Maryland, and so I grew up, was born and raised in Maryland, and uh, I was wild. I was I was I was basically a PK, you okay. know. And my parents started this church, and. Um, I played the drums. That's how I like, like,
0: I feel like every church kid starts playing the drums.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm talking about, like, before we had a church, I was playing drums in my bedroom. My sister had the piano in her room. Oh, wow. Uh, It was a small, you know, 1,800-square-foot house, and my parents started church in their family room. Mm. And, And so I cut my teeth on watching, you know, people experience God, watching people... You know, give their lives to Jesus, watching Mm. the move of God from behind the drums. And my life was not, you know, a representation of what it would be like to be a Christ follower or Mm. even a worshiper. I was just playing drums. Yeah, yeah. And it was from behind those red drums that I started to see the significance in creating environments and atmospheres for people to experience God uh, through worship, through. Uh, bringing heaven to earth through yeah. songs, through cultural expression, through, um, you know, the prophetic ministry. And, uh, it was kind of like obey your thirst. Like I, that was a an early taste in my mouth. And so yeah. when, when life happened and I was like at my wits end of running around and, and being, you know, young, mm. uh, I felt like I was called by God to like create that kind of space. And yeah. so, uh, Playing drums, went from playing drums, you know, in worship as my parents' church grew. And and then people found out I played drums, and I would go play drums around for different groups and things mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, and then, like, revivals. And uh, I'll never forget, um, my mom was having this revival thing uh, for women in Bowie, Maryland. And I was playing the drums, and I saw people come and get... Uh, healed and delivered, and she was like uh, talking about warfare. And she turned around and she said, "Play the drums, play a warfare beat." Oh wow! And I didn't know what that really was, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I just started, just like playing what I was hearing, yeah. and I saw people like God move differently. Yeah. And and then I found out I could sing a little bit, and my mom was like a singer, so my mom was like wanted to develop that. Yeah. And put me in the singing competition. Oh wow! Uh, when I was in high school, and I, my grades were terrible, it was. Horrible, like upbringing as far as like me walking with God. That wasn't the thing, <laughs> but it was like I ended up like winning mm. this this thing that she put me in, and it was uh, the the, the uh, prize was a scholarship to a Christian college. Oh wow! And um, and so I went to this Christian college, and that's when like leading worship became a thing. <laughs> and so I would be going out on Friday night leading worship. On Sunday morning, like Uh going out Saturday night, leading worship on Sunday morning and didn't understand that worship, you know, was a lifestyle. Yeah. I just thought it was stage song gift anointing. Right. Didn't realize that character and integrity was a part of it. So that's a little bit about how I like became a worship leader. And then. Of course, you know, my parents are pastoring a church. Now they need me to do youth ministry. Now they need me to, you know, uh, uh, we didn't, it wasn't called church planting, you know, it was right, called right. set up and tear down. You right. Know? <laughs> I, I had to be a part of set up and tear down and <laughs> praying for the carpets that we laid down on the altars and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, ended up preaching, ended up working with the students, mm. ended up being a student pastor, you know, uh, had a huge. At, Literally, the student ministry was bigger than the church. Wow. Uh, I had, you know, three and four hundred kids coming to every night. I mean, every uh, once a week to student night, you know, uh, youth ministry and just reaching kids where they are. Mm. Like and um, and then being executive pastor and then finding like I was going to be a pastor. Like I I like like this kind of thing. I like helping people. And so. I grew up and cut my teeth in ministry mm-hmm. and um, pastored our own church for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm here in South Florida. It's
0: so crazy. when was the because you, you said that as you were growing up, you were like leading worship. And yeah, but you didn't recognize that integrity and spiritual integrity and, and your walk with God was important. When did that switch for you? Like, when did you realize now I got to be really about this? I think it switched for me after I got married and okay. had kids, and realized,
1: like, that everything I was doing was modeling something to someone. Yeah. Like, even, like, everything, everything I was saying. And really, worship became a lifestyle without song, mm-hmm. without music. Yeah. Like, that whole Romans twelve one, you know, uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your body as a living sacrifice. I always thought worship was lyrics. mm and then when I had children and modeled to mm-hmm. them and wanted to be break generational cycles, I realized that it's not lyrics, it's lifestyle. Right. And that scripture really stood out to me. And, I, and so I would say like early on, probably in my early 20s. Okay. And
0: I'm 49, so long time ago. <laughs> um, One thing that I love that, okay, so I'm looking at you as like, wealth of knowledge Mm -hmm. because as a worship leader I feel like you can never get to the place where you have you know all the things Mm -hmm. that you know how to do this thing like there are a lot of times where when I became a worship leader I was kind of like thrown into that Mm -hmm. um I I grew up in church my whole life uh loved God um and kind of kind of did my thing a little bit just Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. um and the Lord brought me back. And when I became a worship leader, there was no training class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there yeah. was no, like, you do this, you do that. It was kind of like you just observe. Yeah. Um, and I, I found out very quickly, this is more than just about opening your mouth and singing. Yeah. I found out very quickly, I have to have a relationship. Yeah. Like I, There's nothing worse than being out there and you feel alone. Like you don't like God is not in your mouth, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and so with that said, you've traveled everywhere. You have been to so many churches. Um, you've seen so many different worship ministries. What is, what are some of the trends that you've seen, mm-hmm. if you've observed, observed that have one, encouraged you, ex- um, inspired you excited you Mm -hmm. in worship in in westernized worship culture today Mm -hmm. and what has what grieves you wow
1: well i think if if i'm honest answering that question i kind of got to give like a a picture first like an Mm -hmm. illustrative picture of like what worship is yeah right and so i i feel like that god wants to bring ultimately heaven to earth yeah period like Lord says, when you pray, pray what? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Our goal, our job, our mandate, our commission is to bring heaven to earth. Yeah. Like heaven is not a place we just gonna go to when we die, something we can have today. And the manifestation of that through prayer, the manifestation is the atmosphere of God shows up on our jobs, on our in our workplace, in our homes, in our, you know, in the car, in traffic. And when. When heaven comes to earth, then that transaction can happen for people to get saved, for people to come to an awareness of Jesus, for people to come to an awareness of their sin, an yeah. awareness of what they're not. And when that atmosphere shows up, it's not something to run away from, it's right. something to lean into. Right. And so if we, if the body of Christ doesn't have that understanding that our universal purpose is to save and seek those who are lost Mm -hmm. and to live out the great commission. And the Holy spirit did not come for us to get a witness, but to be a witness. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, acts one eight and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Like if we don't have the mindset of what worship is supposed to result in right. An awareness of God. Right. Right. And that awareness shows up in the form of conviction, it shows up in the form of emotion, it shows up in the form of, of, of the glory of God, the weight of God, God being revealed mm-hmm. on earth, and that's how people come to Christ. Ultimately, it's to lead people to Christ. Right. So, with that being said, uh, I think we have to understand that we are conduits.
0: Mm.
1: A conduit filters something from one place to another place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we don't have the understanding that I cannot have filters, like if I'm a conduit, I've got to be able to the authentic outpouring of God to get it to the people.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Right. But I feel like Western worship in a lot of the understanding that I had in my immature days as a believer is I thought I was a container. Mm. And so there's a big, Difference in a conduit and a container. Right. Right. A conduit is constantly getting poured into because it's constantly pouring out. Right. A container will get poured into every now and then and then pour out. Right. And if it doesn't get poured back into, it will pour from an empty place. Yes. And so a conduit stays, it never stays full because it's always pouring, but it's never empty because it's always pouring. Right on stage, at home, in your marriage, in your relationships, it's always Mm porn. A container will reserve it for a moment. And so in worship, what containers will do is wait till there's a stage, wait till there's an audience, wait till there's a band, wait till there's a... And we feel like that our gift is singing, right? Or our gift... Or let me say it this way, our purpose is singing. Right. Or our purpose is playing. Right. Or our purpose is preaching. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to bring heaven to earth. And God uses our gift, right, right, as a way to bring his presence not for us, but through us. Right. And so when you're a container, it's like it's for me, and now it's for a moment, and now it's more about my gift than it is the glory of God. And it's concerning uh, not from a place that I figured it out, Mm -hmm. because it's often it's easy for me to also be a container. Right, right. It's easy for us to get caught up in it. Oh, facts. Right? So this is not a judgment, but more of an awareness of an own personal conviction. Yeah. And ask myself, where am I pouring from today? Yeah. Am I pouring from time spent with God? Am I pouring from taking people to a place that I've already been? Or me trying to get to the place at the same time yeah. that I'm utilizing my gift.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely different. Yeah,
1: And so when I get up to preach and you say, um, you know, I might lead worship, a little worship service. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is there's not, never time I get up that I don't say, God, more of you unless less of
0: me. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. What I'm saying is, is please help me to be a conduit. That I don't take the glory and be a container.
0: Yeah. That
1: I don't take the accolades and be a container. Yeah. That I don't pour from a place that you poured into me two years ago.
0: Yes.
1: So I'll say what I'm seeing um, throughout worship is we've got some amazing conduits. Right. Uh, But it's easy in our culture to become a container. The thing is about us. The thing is about our gift. The thing is about our anointing. The thing is about our accolades. The thing is about our paycheck. And you can take this out of worship and put this just in the workplace. Right. And it's the same conversation. Right. Worship is a lifestyle, not lyrics.
0: I'm literally okay, so my heart is literally beating right now <laughs> because man, I've been I've been guilty. Yeah, we all have. I've been so like I I I was talking. Um, I said in season one um, how I used to, and I think I still do struggle with being. I compartmentalize mm-hmm. a lot, and I I've, at one point I felt like the Lord was like, "You compartmentalize me," and I think you have now given me language to what that really means. It's it's the container, like. You know, you you spend time with God the the day before you know you're supposed to leave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we're saying, God fill me up so I can pour out.
0: Right. Now, but God, that's it.
1: <laughs> fill me up so you can use me.
0: Right. Whatever way you want to. Right. And and that's man. I'm I'm constantly being. I feel like God is making me more and more and more aware of that by making more me making me more aware of my humanity humanity mm-hmm. and my frailty.
1: Yeah
0: that I really am nothing without him. Yeah. Like, I can't do... Yes, I may have the gift to sing. I I may technically know what to do technically-wise, but if he does not show up, yeah. like, there is nothing in and of myself that can make him come. No. Like... And the the... How careful we as worship leaders... All of us, singers, worship pastors, band, whatever, that we have to be careful to not touch the glory. Yeah. Because there's something in all of us that's like, we want the applause. That's it. We want the accolades. It's
1: humanity, you know, it's affirmation. I mean, I think, and I think that the enemy's greatest weapon or one of his greatest weapons against people called to worship is insecurity. Yes. Because if now, if I'm insecure, I'm seeking man's approval yes. i'm seeking oh you know yes uh trying to outdo yes. my last mistake
0: yes or outdo the other person that's, that's it, doing it doing the same thing that, that you're doing
1: it. or looking at the person next why are they doing all of that they don't take right. all of that now right. i'm judging their expression and i'm just like nah it's a container i'm seeking self yes uh gratification yeah. if you will, if you will which yeah. is the same thing as glory i mean why did satan get kicked out of heaven of pride. Why does he want to keep worship leaders insecure? Because they're doing a job that he got fired from. Right. And it's like, for me, it's like, how do we walk people through emotional healing off the stage? Right. So that they can be uh that they won't that we won't constrict the glory of God. Yeah. Like when we think about it, do we want people to and do we want people do we want to lead them to be entertained by us, mm. or lead them to have an encounter with Jesus? As, and now we can talk about a whole set of things of <laughs> what limits that. Right. When you are a container, a, 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 a conduit, but you got ten
0: minutes. But then let's go there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's go there, man of God. Like, please, I, I church,
1: right, like. Church. Church is the hope of the world. Yeah. The local church. Yeah. Um, Peter, God asked the disciples a question. Jesus asked the disciples a question. What is the word on the street? What men? Who the men say that I am? And there are some say. Some say it's the clap on the one and the three. Some say it's the two and
0: the four. I subscribe to the two and so, the four, so, but amen. So, right?
1: <laughs> some, some say it's 40 minutes. Some say it's 20 minutes. Right. Some say it's, it's Carrie Joe, some say it's Tasha Kyle. Right. Like, we could just go on with right. what some are saying. And right. Jesus says, no, what do you say? Right. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's like, I don't care what some say. Mm. I'm having an encounter with you. Right? And we know the scripture, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. On that, I'll build my church, Ecclesia, this movement. Right. But it was never building, Right. It it was a movement of people. I'm going to build this. I'm going to build my church in you, not for you. Mm -hmm. And I love the local church. I love, I mean, I was a local church pastor. I preach in local churches every week. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the local church has constricted the move of God to 20 minutes, to 40 minutes, to an hour, to... Mm -hmm. And we've created that. That's that creates that. That's the appetite that people have for what worship is,
0: mm.
1: right? So who said that it had to be announcements, uh, um, twenty minutes of worship, uh, a transition, right? And it didn't, it's not scriptural, right? And somebody just did that, right, 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 and that became the norm. The norm, mm-hmm. and now we have. Uh, multi sites, and we have churches, and we've got multi services. My, my, my greatest frustration as a pastor was the time. Yeah. Time is real. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. judge any pastor for trying to like, like put time, like, cause we gotta get as many people in and as many people out as we can. Right. Or do we? So, I remember. Us having three services. Our churches are packed. All of our services are packed. What are we going to do? So I started doing this thing. Uh, I called it the fourth experience. Okay. And I was like, if y'all want to encounter God, if you want to have extended worship, if you want hands laid on you, if you want to pray at the altar for as, however long you want, come yeah. back after the third service.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And we're going to go there. Yeah. But I always fought the tension of, I mean, there was many times I never preached. Because God showed up to
0: worship. Right. And right. I did an
1: altar call and people were healed and set free and delivered because I did want them to encounter Jesus, not my sermon.
0: Right. Oh, okay. So wait, I gotta tell the story. <laughs> I gotta tell the story. There was one time um in my uh never mind. There was one time <laughs> and the presence we were in worship, the presence of God, Pastor Jimmy, was you know, like there are few, there are, and it really shouldn't be few, right? Yeah. But they're like rare times where you encounter the presence of God that's like mind blowing mm-hmm. like it's physical like you can literally you feel like it's tangible right and it was just it, so we had a time you know yeah. constraint and
1: which is real
0: yes yeah however when the pastor got up it felt like an interruption mm-hmm. To the point where there was like people were wailing in the room. Yeah. Like wailing. And the pastor got up to give, to start the announcements, and there was like people were wailing. Yeah. And it was almost like he was trying to talk over the wailing because we gotta, we gotta keep, we gotta keep going. And I remember feeling so frustrated in my heart because I'm like, but God is here. Uh-huh. And I, and I literally felt in that moment that there was something. We were on the cusp of something. Like, God wanted to do something, mm-hmm. but we cut it short because we had to get to announcements. Mm-hmm. And I remember I heard later on um, that the pastor wanted us to hurry up and get to the announcements so that he can preach because he felt like he had a word mm-hmm. to give. But then he wanted us to go back to that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like when we tried, it wasn't there it wasn't there yeah and i mean i i just came back from um the transformation church conference mm-hmm. and when i tell you it was mind blowing
1: yeah this is church on another level
0: bro <laughs> my god i another level i yeah. mean we had like 4 hour services yeah. we was tired but yeah the presence of god and what i so appreciated so much was you know mike todd they had a plan they had a set they had they knew what they were they wanted to do but when i tell you he, every night he just cut the plan mm-hmm. and just flowed with what the spirit of god was mm-hmm. doing in that moment and sometimes i wish no services don't have to be 4 hours every no. every week but sometimes i wish we would be more willing to just let God move.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think understanding the responsibility of the senior pastor and is very, very difficult because I've yeah. been in those moments yeah. where it's like, man, I got a word, mm-hmm. and I really want my church because I I've been in God's presence and I know that they're supposed to get the word. Yeah, I'll go straight from... I went straight from those worship moments mm-hmm. to the word. Yeah. Knowing I cut everything. I mean, there was times I forgot to do the offering. <laughs> like, just because I didn't care. Like, right. I wanted God. Now, that's not responsible for the budget. That's not responsible for, you know, uh, what the team has prepared. And yeah. you got team members that are like... That were responsible for all the video announcements. Now they feel like you just you know, ran over them or they're not appreciated for the work that they've done. So all of those things are going through your mind mm-hmm. as a lead pastor in those moments. What I decided was, is that if I had to uh, cut things on Sunday morning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that I'm going to create space on another day
0: mm-hmm. or I'm going to create space mm-hmm. later. And mm-hmm.
1: that's what that was the goal for that, um, uh, you know, fourth service, we called it, you know, right. the Holy Ghost experience, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's been times where I cut it. There's been times where I felt like, man, I don't, I don't, I can't sustain this. Mm-hmm. Like, or I got to get through. Or if I'm honest, my son got a soccer game. <laughs> right. Like, what do we do? Yeah. And here's what I, I, I don't know if this is the answer, uh, but I think it gives perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I was taught that when God, Releases us with our gifts and our callings. It's ability, anointing, and authority. Mm. You can have the ability and the anointing. Right. But if you don't have the authority, then it's not all there.
0: Okay, so wait. Because I always thought authority comes with anointing.
1: Well, authority in a service. Okay. Right? So you can have authority and the ability and no anointing, and the service is going to be constricted. Right, right, right. Right? So, what I've tried to instill in my worship leaders, and I've had some really good worship leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, is that in a service, outside of your natural, in your natural calling and gifting, you have ability, anointing, and authority. Yeah. But in the confines of our service, you have the ability and the anointing, I have the authority.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: And I think where worship leaders sometimes get confused is they don't know where that authority from god that they feel in god's presence and all of that where it stops in a service
0: yes
1: right and so what Mm -hmm. i i feel like when you have a worship leader in a service who has the ability crushing it they've worked on their gift the anointing it's got oil on it it's drippy Mm -hmm. right now the pastor has the authority right now for me i would disseminate i would give that authority to the worship leader in the moment yeah. to make a decision if they want to go on past the 15, 25, 35 minutes that they get. And if they do, I trusted them relationally enough yeah. that I would cut the announcements or cut anything else. And they they knew that if they went over, I would just was going to preach right outside of there. We were just planning just in case God showed
0: up. Mm.
1: Right. And what I feel like is our win. Now this is this is gonna push the pastors a little bit. If you're a lead pastor, senior pastor, you listen <laughs> to this. Yeah, this might tick you off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What's your win for service? Mm. And I think this is the Western culture of church. Yeah, we want our services bigger, but not weightier. Wow. We want our churches larger, but not weightier. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Maryland. You grew up in New York. You know, we buy crabs up there in the north Mm -hmm. by the dozen. Mm -hmm. You buy them down here by the pound. Right, 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 You buy them up there by the number. You buy them down here by the weight. I feel like the glory of God, you can't count how many people showed up. Yes. You can't count the time. Yeah, it's by the weight. It's a kebab. The weight of when the weight of God sits in in a service. If your goal is to count numbers, you'll cut the weight off. Yeah, pastors, I said it. Yeah, because I was I, I lived it. But I love the fact that yes, we need order. Yes, we need the presence of God to show up. Yes, we need uh, um, people to encounter Jesus. Why do we need people to encounter Jesus? If you start asking yourself, should I put the weight over the number, you have to ask yourself questions like this. What is our culture dealing with? Anxiety, depression, suicide, divorce, sexuality, identity. Guess what? No sermon is going to change that. No worship service is going to change that. You know what's going to help them? An encounter with Jesus. Yes. That's weight. Yes. So in those moments when the glory of God comes, we have to be willing to shift and says, today we need to measure success differently. Yeah. This is weighty. You can't break a stronghold by a strong service. <laughs> they need a moment with Jesus. Yes. Hands need to be laid on. Yes. Deliverance needs to happen. Yeah. And sometimes that person ain't going to come back to the freedom class. Right. So are we okay with having a plan? Yeah. But willing to call an audible. Why in the world does every football team prepare a playbook? They know the plays they're going to call. Mm. But you know what the quarterback does? He's got the wherewithal to call an audible. Audible is okay. He sees the enemy, or the defense doing something that they weren't prepared for, let me call an audible. I think we need to have the kind of relationships, and we, it, this speaks back, I cannot give an insecure worship leader the power to call an audible. Yeah. yeah. Because they might just call it because the last song wasn't good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Or or they didn't get the, that the solo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. God, but it no all place. speaks to it. Yeah. I can't give the, the, the insecure senior pastor is not going to call an audible because he's more concerned about his preaching clip. Where are you going to get the preaching clip from if he don't preach that Sunday? It's real. I did it. Yeah. Guilty.
0: Yeah.
1: So I can say it because I'm guilty. Same. I ain't judging nobody. I did it. Same. Same. I did it. I was the insecure senior pastor. Yeah. I got to preach. I worked on a word. <laughs> so why would I cut announcements? When that gift of that creative person that took time to cut that video up is the same thing as me wanting to cut my sermon if I'm insecure, you feel me?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say
1: cut them, but I gotta go. Yeah. So I'm not saying I have an answer. What I'm saying is, let's weigh our services,
0: yeah, and not just count them. <sighs> Pastor, this is about to be a three-hour part. <laughs> um, okay just real quick cuz you you hit on insecurity and i feel like that is huge when it comes to um worship leaders yeah. A- any platform ministry honestly the any world. any right <laughs> where you're in front of people like yeah. but particularly with like worship because what you're saying is so real and i have been guilty and there are so many times where I have to constantly go back to God and crucify my flesh. Maybe this is the answer to my question. What how do we overcome insecurity as people on platform ministry? Is it a matter of just crucifying our, our flesh, making sure it's our flesh constantly stays on the cross? Mm. Like what, what would you say?
1: I, I would say we don't overcome insecurity. Mm. Like, we never arrive on this side of eternity. I'm always insecure. Yeah, yeah, Should I say this? Shouldn't I say this? Should I wear this? Should I not wear this? On a Sunday, like... Yeah, yeah, uh, You know, I'm insecure. Like, I'm human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what helps me not to be as insecure mm-hmm. is to play for an audience of one. Like, God... Are you pleased with this? Is my attitude good? Why am I insecure? What's the why? And I think that if I'm insecure about because I know that eternity is at stake Mm -hmm. and I just don't want to mess it up, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, It's not a bad insecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But if I'm insecure because I'm not thinking about eternity at stake, but I'm thinking about, you know, uh, so and so is here this Sunday, and I got a little bit of a lead, and I want to make sure I hit it right there. And I'm gonna do this run, not because it needs a run, or I'm gonna play this 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 trick on the drums, not because it needs to, because I want to draw attention to myself. Yeah, insecurity is on this side of eternity is real. Yeah, yeah, right. It's minimizing it and managing it, and 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 asking ourselves, yes. I got I have to deal with my emotional wounds. I have to deal with my uh, God. we got to be right before we get on the stage. We, yeah. we I'm not saying perfect. Right, There's right, no right. such thing as perfect. Right. There's honest. Right. The problem that insecurity hides in dishonesty. Yes. Yeah. With yourself. Oh, yes. Insecurity hides or it reveals itself. I don't even know if the word is hides. It does. It hides. It. it it's. It's crafty. Mm-hmm. It's. It's. Uh. It's like a concealed weapon that you shouldn't have. It's yeah. like. It's like telling you, nah, sing right here. Uh, uh-uh, don't. It, it, it's not assuming you're welcome. It's not assuming you're accepted. It's not assuming you're. That comes from trauma. Yeah, yeah. That comes from not being told who you are. That comes from not understanding your identity in Christ. Yeah. That comes from comparison. That comes from social media. Right? Like, none, no one's going to sing like Chandler. No one's going to sing like Anna Golden. No one's going to sing like Tasha Cobb. No one's going to sing like Ivory. But until Ivory knows that I am fearfully and wonderfully made,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I might feel insecure because I'm not them, somebody's feeling insecure because they're not you. Mm. It's, it's real. Yeah. It's like, so my insecurity at, you know, our church is not, uh, an insecurity of, was it good enough? Mm-hmm. My insecurity is, will it be accepted? Mm. Because I'm different.
0: Okay. Five. We just landed there. Four. Three, Here we go. <laughs> two. <laughs> one. Let's go there. So, yeah. Listen, don't go away. Don't go away. This conversation with Pastor Jimmy got really good. Uh, we had to split this up into two. So y'all are not overwhelmed. So it's going to get gooder and gooder. I promise you, I know it's not a real word, but amen. It's a word word today. Come back next week. You don't want to miss the rest of this conversation. It's going to be fire, but until next week, follow, like, subscribe, share this conversation, do all the things. Um, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow my, my, me on Instagram, IvoryMcDonaldOfficial. If you want to follow this podcast, Off Mic with Ivory on Instagram and TikTok. And you can get the rest of this next week's episode on my YouTube channel. Please come back next week. You do not want to miss this conversation. It gets fire. I love y'all. Until next week, Goosie.